Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Episode 27, Covering Your Tracks with Erica Gerdes. You're listening to The Race for the Ring, a podcast about dating in the digital decade. I am your host, Mindy Fardek. I'm a PR queen, a published inspirational author, motivational speaker, mom, and dating diva. Each week, I'll have a special guest dish dating dilemmas and delights with me, and together we'll maneuver how to play the game, not get played, and claim the most prized possession, self-love. Ready, set, go. Hi, everybody. Mindy Barnett here. Welcome back to another fun episode of The Race for the Ring. And as I record this episode today, I want to share, I'm in transition mode. I am sitting in my almost vacant apartment in Manhattan um, in the Midtown West section. And tomorrow is moving day. I am not leaving New York. I actually live here part-time, as many of you know, through different shows and shares uh, that on my Instagram feed and other platforms. I live here typically um, half of the week. And the other half of the week, I live in Southern New Jersey, where I have a home and where my children are located, as well as my PR firm, MB and Associates. Um, where we're based basically, but I do have a lot of clients here. All the national shows are here. I have lots of friends here and I certainly have a life here um, personally as well as professionally. So, and I'm obsessed with Manhattan. So I am indeed staying and I'm moving to another section a little bit closer to some of my clients on the Upper East Side and some of my um, girl tribe. And I'm doing that tomorrow and I'm sort of like bittersweet, sort of like life. You have to change and evolve and change and evolve to continue to grow and flourish. So I just wanted to share a little bit like our relationships. You know, you end some, you start new ones. Hopefully that you're in one and it's going to grow and blossom. Or you're just taking a pause, um, like my book Intermission and spending some time by yourself, sort of like I am now. I am dating different people, but, you know, nobody significant. Certainly nobody I would coin boyfriend by any stretch. And that's okay. Even though I want that, I'm happy with me. And that's a little bit about what my guest has to share today. Um, but before we get into that, I want to give a shout out to Furco's Fine Jewelry. They are the official sponsor of the Race for the Ring. Um, 
they have the best bling in town, everything on social media certainly as well. And some of the things that I've been loving from them I've been talking a lot about my layer pieces, my necklaces that um, if you watch me on Instagram, you'll see me always rocking. I also have like some, some piercings, not a lot. Um, I'm not too much of a crazy daredevil, but I do have one ear that has three and the other has two. And I like to layer them up with lots of little bling pieces or hoops, um, mostly in the yellow gold family or rose gold. I'm sort of gravitating into the golds as opposed to the, the metals and the, well, that is metal, but like the, this white golds and platinums and things like that as of late. Um, but at any rate, lately I've been really um, eyeing <laughs> <laughs> so soon it might be rocking on my finger. A lot of their gemstones that they have, their layer pieces, like more dainty looking rings and so forth that you can kind of stack up. They're so pretty. I'm thinking I might do a sapphire for my son's birthday, a ruby for my daughter's birthday. And I don't know, my, my birthday is garnet, which is like a hideous stone in my opinion. So I might have to like swap it out for something like a diamond or something a little bit more pretty in my opinion. But anyway, I want you to all check them out. They are the best jewelry shop around on Insta, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you can shop with Mindy15 at checkout and you can get 15% off your first purchase. So as I was saying, transitions and packing and unpacking is really important to always implement day to day, certainly year by year. And today's guest is an expert in that, um, in that space for sure. She is an author authenticity advocate speaker. She's a keynoter and that's how I came to find her, but she also does a lot of coaching um, and she is the curator and designer of the art of undoing. So what she means by that is basically looking at your patterns and finding what you're doing that is essentially repetition, even if you're not realizing it is and undoing that pattern so that you can flourish. She's a former business executive of Google and she left her corporate gig to help people like us propel and live to their fullest range. And I am so excited to introduce to you today's guest, Erica Gertis. Okay, Erica Gertis, I can't wait to get my suitcase out and start unpacking it. I'm very excited. <laughs> have you today? I am so excited to be here and thank you for that amazing introduction. I love that you're ready to unpack your suitcase. <laughs> it's ready to go. So you are in the Windy City in Chicago. I used to actually live in Champaign. We were talking a little bit off camera about that. Yes. What's it like there just before we get into all the meat and potatoes of this fun show today? <laughs> I love you just bringing out all the Midwest stuff, meat and potatoes. Um, the Windy City is hot right now. It's, it's, um, like a hundred degrees outside. So, Whoa. and I haven't watered my grass all summer long, so it's pretty crispy out here, but um, it's, it's great. And people seem to be paying attention to all of our health restrictions and things really well. So mm -hmm. um, people for the most part are pretty healthy. It's not bad. That's good. I was sort of, um, I don't want to say dating, but I was like spending some time with somebody from Chicago, like in the very, very beginning of the summer. And he was pretty adamant that like you guys were in a, a much better place than the New York area in terms of like opening up and all of that. So that's good, right? Yeah. Well, I live out in the suburbs of Chicago, so we're mm -hmm. even further away from 
the places that were harder hit, which was all Got significantly it. less than New York. But yes, absolutely. And I love that you were somehow spending time with somebody in the middle of COVID in a, diff in a different <laughs> You sound like well, my kind of girl. You were short-lived, that's all I'll say. By, by me, but that's another story. For another show. Maybe it'll come out, in, maybe it'll come out with when I, I take out some of my, my clothing and attire and toiletries and a suitcase. Okay, so first let's talk a little bit about who you are. Um, you know, you made a massive pivot, you know, being an executive at Google and, you know, living in the corporate world and you know obviously i'm sure you had entrepreneurial spirit but you also wanted to help other people sort of navigate the the waters of life sort of like the way you were able to do with a sense of calm is that right yes absolutely the only part that's not right is the entrepreneurial spirit i never thought i was going to be an entrepreneur <laughs> ever I, me too actually but i think when it's embedded in you it's just embedded in you i I never dreamed of owning my own company. I never ever thought that that was going to be a path that I would choose. But mm -hmm. when it came down to it, what I knew was true is that I really wanted to help people. And that became so much more powerful than my fear of being an entrepreneur that I just yeah. didn't have a choice anymore. And so yes, my, my goal in life, my passion is to be able to help people live fuller lives and really express themselves, um, I call it in fuller range, because so much of the time we end up creating these narrow pathways for ourselves and re, you know, sort of repeating our patterns in different ways throughout our lives and different parts of our lives. And we go through the motions. And I did that for the majority of my life and I got really sick of it. And I will say that um, life is a lot more exciting on the other side when you can live fuller. So that's why. So let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah. If you could share with our listeners um, who I'm sure can certainly, uh, you know, appreciate that myself included. I think I, I really am probably like your prime student and, you know, so <laughs> in terms of repeating patterns that I don't, it's not intentional. I don't, I don't think we obviously mean to, it's just, you know, so let's, so do you want to talk to us a little bit about your personal journey, how you realized that you were indeed doing that and how you were able to sort of like make those changes before we get into what you're doing with everybody else. Sure, so my, my overarching story is that the majority of my life I've been what I consider an overachieving insecure people pleaser. Mm -hmm. And so the way that manifested itself is that I chased all the gold stars and wanted to collect them all from everywhere in my, in my life. And so that included, you know, doing all the right things and being a super hard worker and overachieving and all, all of it. Um, and part of that also included finding love. Um, and, you know, one of the gold stars for me was always having a boyfriend and then having the next boyfriend. And I always was looking for that kind of the next Thing. Did you, did you feel like you needed to have a boyfriend, like in order to sort of like, I guess, meet all your, check all your boxes, so to speak, and have like that fulfilling life? So were you, I, I'm trying to figure out like, were you yeah. one of those that needed to always be with a guy or were you content being single, but you wanted love? Both, actually both were okay. true. I, I, and I, for a very long time, like the, only in the last couple of years have I come to accept that I am an introverted extrovert that I actually like having time alone, but mm -hmm. I, I also really want to have a partner. And for a very long time, I didn't see it that way. I always just wanted to have somebody to basically tell me I was special and mm -hmm. tell me I was lovable and remind me of these things that I couldn't see within myself. Mm -hmm. And um, so I wasn't a serial dater, like where I would go from one boyfriend to the next. I mm -hmm. would date a little bit, 
come on too strong probably. And, um, and men were uh, equally attracted to my sort of powerful energy. I, I have a more sort of masculine energy. They were yeah. attracted to it, but then they didn't really like to stick around for it because it came on too strong ultimately. Okay. Um, and anyway, so I, I ended up, I got married um, and I was building this beautiful life that I was supposed to live and have, and, you know, working at Google, had a super hot husband. We had a house out in the suburbs, all, all of it. Um, and then my second daughter was born and we discovered when she was two weeks old that she had a tumor on her spinal cord. Oh my God. And, I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you. Um, and it was not cancer. So thank God for that. And it was still really, really serious. So when she was three months old, she had to have a seven hour spinal neurosurgery. Wow. So far off of any plan that I had ever built for my life. And did that bring you and your husband closer though? Or, no, or was, no, oh, it okay. So while I was in the hospital with her after she was, had had her seven hour surgery, mm -hmm. um, I sat in the dark and let, I completely spun out. He was at home with our other daughter who was 21 months old at the time. Right. So right. Okay. Young. Yeah. And, um, all of a sudden I had this thought that changed my life and the, because I realized I was pissed at the world. I was mad at God. I was, I couldn't believe it. This yeah. was happening to her, to me and all of it. Yeah. And I had this thought that changed my life. And the thought was, I have one life to live. There are no second chances, no do-overs. I get one go round at this life. Why would I spend one more minute waiting to be happy? And it was in that moment that I realized I was waiting. I was doing all of these things, just waiting for the time that they would pay off mm -hmm. and you know, bring me the success and fulfillment and satisfaction and joy that I was looking for. And mm -hmm. I was in my thirties at that point. So like, what am I waiting for? You and weren't happy with your husband, I guess, obviously. I wasn't, I, was, I wasn't really happy in a lot of my life. I was going through the motions expecting that that next thing that I did was going yeah. to bring me happiness and yeah. I would, you know, go to the next thing and it might make me happy for a minute, but then it would be fleeting and I would have to get back on the highway of life and speed mm -hmm. as fast as I could to the next future destination of happiness. Mm -hmm. And um, when I came home from the hospital, I started getting really honest with myself that one of the biggest places I wasn't happy was in my marriage. Mm -hmm. As I started discovering what was true for me about who I was, my marriage stopped working because the man that, or the woman that my husband married was an accommodating, um, happy to do everything, wife, you know, do it all, do it with a smile. And I was, that wasn't me. And so my marriage stopped working. Um, I, I ultimately asked for a divorce. We ended up getting separated and staying in the same house for a year and a half. So God, you sound just like me. I wasn't a year and a half, but it was oh, like, we were terrible. in the house for almost a year. I wanted to, I, that was worse than the actual divorce. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, Talk yeah. about stressful. All right, go on. I didn't no, interrupt you. you. No, it's, no, it's fine. Because, oh, like I, there are not many people, because it is so hard. Most of us, like yeah. what we're so ingrained, what we see in society, what our best friends tell us is kick him out of the house. Like, you know, armor <laughs> up. Like friends said that too. Yeah. Like and, it's not quite that easy. He owns half yeah, of it. I yeah. mean, it is the quote unquote easier way to do things because it's what everybody does and it's what the expected thing is, but it's not necessarily going to bring us happiness. It's certainly no, it causes more stress. Exactly. And I mean, mine wouldn't, he didn't want, yeah. I begged him to leave. He like wouldn't go because he, I don't know, whatever. It's a whole other thing, but <laughs> Actually, he was I, there. Yeah. That, that sort yeah. of happened for us. There was one, at one point, you know, it was not always rainbows and sunshine in our house either. And mm -hmm. it was a lot of gray and a lot of like that buzzy energy right before a, a lightning storm. It was like just terrible. No, um, I know. So, it's a bad time. Yeah. 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 So that was a year and a half while my kids were two and three. And, oh. <laughs> and we switched rooms every two weeks. 
Um, and then oh, really? To, yeah. We I mean, like the guest room in your bedroom. Yes. Because we, wanted oh, we to yeah, he just stayed stairs. in the guest room in my situation. Why? He was like, he wanted to come back into the bed, like the master bedroom. Well, I, this is probably where, again, it's I so I, not I what this show is about. I'm just curious. Well, no, no, that's, <laughs> I mean, honestly, because I, I'm, I really like equitability or, uh, you know, equity. And so I wanted, I didn't want for him to resent me for keeping the master bedroom the whole time or for. Um, oh, you are really nice. Yes. You're nicer than me. <laughs> I'm legitimately crazy. I was like, you're dog. saying the guest room and you're going to like it. That's yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, because we weren't getting divorced because he cheated on me or I cheated no, on him. No, I know. I know. I get and that. So, Same with me. Yeah. You just grow up harder. You change. Yeah. And da, 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 da. Okay. But, All right. But the so other go thing, ahead. Yeah, but the other reason that I wanted to do it this way, because it was super hard for me to come to terms with getting divorced, because mm -hmm. I kept thinking, it's not that bad. It could be so much worse. There are so many people who have it worse. Why am I so selfish to think that I deserve anything better than this? And uh, I say that because so many people go through that, whether it's yeah. in a marriage or they're leaving a job or whatever it is. And I, I really believe now that I've gone through this in a couple of different ways in my life now that we deserve to have the best that we can dream of. And mm -hmm. it's not just for ourselves. It's because in doing so, we can sh we show people what's possible in their lives. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the reasons I did it the way that I did it is because when I was young, my parents got divorced. I had to testify in court and choose between my parents. Yeah, that's and really I, brutal. Yeah. yeah. And like yeah. there were years of this stuff and we had private detectives following us and people lying on the stand and like all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. and I knew I didn't want to create that for my kids, but mm -hmm. I also didn't want to have to choose between my happiness and my children's happiness. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that if we could learn how to do it differently, that everybody mm -hmm. could actually be happier on the other side. And that became the training ground that taught me that I was probably sacrificing other dreams mm -hmm. um, because I didn't believe they were possible because I thought I had to choose between something. And so, um, my divorce actually led me to leaving Google because I realized, oh, if I thought I was sacrificing, I needed to choose between my happiness and my kid's happiness at Google. I thought I needed to choose between success and fulfillment. And, mm. um, when, because I realized I was able to do it successfully in my divorce, I thought, oh, you know what? I can probably do it again. And, and I am. Um, that was brave of you. So, so when you left the so Google, hard. when you left Google, I'm, I'm sure it was because you probably left a very nice lifestyle and you know obviously like lots of benefits and like yeah. comfort and all and of no that. alimony yeah. no child support no yeah. nothing i'm completely on my own and i know it's my hard kids. yeah i know i'm yeah. living it too sister. yeah yeah <laughs> i know no i know it's i know more power <laughs> too and at the end of the day i think it's better but like it is harder but anyway okay so on the happier note yeah. um so when you left google is that when you sort of found your path and and used your back like can you tell us a little bit about how you got on the path of this like uh i guess motivational like inspirational uh speaking circuit and all that you do so i have always loved helping people. I basically, what I realized much, much later was that every job I've ever had, the thing that I loved most in every job, didn't matter what it was, mm -hmm. was being able to help people make a change in their lives. And, um, as I sort of continued on this path of discovering who I was and what I wanted and how I wanted to show up in this world after my divorce, mm -hmm. it became a lot clearer that the place where I was most or being most inauthentic where I wasn't really living myself was in my job. Um, even though I loved Google, I mean, I was there in total for over 12 years and I drank the Google Kool-Aid. I 
still say we, because I consider myself having graduated as opposed to left. Right. Um, and it was, I wasn't doing something I was passionate about. And so about a year and a half before I left, I started getting really honest that what I was passionate about was actually helping people and being able to use some of my gifts of like public speaking and some of the other stuff that comes really naturally to me to be mm -hmm. able to help people and also my stories. And so when I left Google, my goal was to be able to help people make changes in their lives. I didn't really realize at the time that it was actually my leaving that would end up being the thing that would be most inspiring to people. I thought I was going to leave and just help people and maybe talk about my divorce and what I learned through my divorce. But what has ended up being most helpful and inspiring for people is actually what came after I left uh, because I, I discovered that so much of my identity was tied to where I worked and what I did. And okay. it's because of the work, my inner work that I ended up doing after I left, what I called um, practicing the art of undoing, learning how to stop doing and how to be. Um, that's where I discovered my true power. And so how did you figure that out? And what is that exactly? So how I figured it out is that once Can I, I just ask you one question before we get into that? Because sure. what happened with your daughter? So, okay. Um, she had her surgery, she healed, and we've just discovered this year that she'll have to have more surgeries. Oh, so, I'm sorry. Um, thank okay. you. And I should have mentioned that earlier. I always forget that punchline. Uh, it's so awful. Um, <sighs> she's fine. I mean, you know, she's the, the good news is that we're not at a place. It's not going to have, um, intellectual impact on her, but it may have physical impact. So we're at this okay. terrible waiting place of waiting for symptoms to get worse without, uh, yeah, that's without gotta be horrendous. Yeah. Too, too much worse. So it is hard. Um, one of the biggest things that I'm trying to help her with is this is an ex a thing that she has, not a thing that she is. And so right. I don't want her identifying this as her. Um, that's awesome. That's so, it's so, and that's so awesome if she can understand that at such a young age too. Yeah, it's, I don't know if she it's true. Answer, Everybody's really got trying. something I know, yeah. but like everybody, I don't know. So it doesn't hinder her growth, like, like as a person and her spirit. Okay. Yeah. And well, I mean, not only that, but like on the other side, you know, how many of us grow up like thinking this thing makes us special or this thing is holding us back. We're either yeah. um, the heroes and victims in our stories. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't want this to be part of her identity. It's an experience that she's having that will make her more resilient and that this is just the one, you know, one of the challenges that she'll have along the way. As you said, we all have stuff. Yeah. Um, and to your point, and that I love that you actually asked this here because what I realized when I left and what the art of undoing is, is about bringing awareness to the things that we're attaching our identity to, which mm -hmm. are actually holding us back. That's so interesting. Okay. So let's go back into your, your path and how you yes. started to undo and yes. what that means and how it can apply into like your romantic life. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so the, the art of undoing is really about practicing like undoing these layers. We build up these layers of who we are based on what we think we should do and who we think we should be and all of the stuff to, um, to make us more, you know, uh, socially acceptable or to belong to a group or whatever it is. And anytime we're doing that, we're actually losing touch with who we truly are because we're paying more attention to who we think we should be as opposed to embracing who we are. And so undoing is about 
I, I want to say systematic. It's not a science, though. It's not like a, actually a system. Um, you're systematically undoing these layers and sort of pulling them back one by one so mm -hmm. that you can actually start to discover and embrace who you truly are. I, I have so many women in particular, but people who come to me and are, they're in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and they'll say in some form, I don't know who I am. I really? don't know what I want. Yeah. And, Sad. and yeah, and these are people who, you know, I work with very high achievers. I work with people who are very high in their careers and they don't know what they truly want because they've lost touch with it, a touch, lost touch of it by paying attention to what they think they should want. Mm -hmm. And the amount of times I hear should in a conversation is, I mean, I can't even count most of the time because people, I should think this way. I should do this. I should just want this. And every time we insert a should, that's one little micro decision further away from who we actually are. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah I could see that. And yeah. so when it comes to dating life, um, mm -hmm. you know, this comes out all the time. Uh, I want to call him, but I shouldn't call him. Or, you know, this is what I should do. Like I went on dates and I, I remember actually having conversations with my sister and saying, like, I, I don't eat gluten and I don't eat dairy, but this guy asked me to go to a pizza place. And I was trying- And you to went? Yes. And um, yeah, this is after a lot of self-work too. So like, this is a lifelong journey. Okay. <laughs> and okay. Uh, because I also really like pizza, but I didn't want to show up as like the, um, a needy girl. Yeah, I understand. Like, I would, oh. but yeah. Did you just scrape off the cheese? Well, so this is part of it. Like I should, I should just go, maybe I should just like, you know, pretend, kind of pretend to like be that I like cheese or I like pizza or whatever it is. And all of this is, I mean, this is a really silly example, but how many times a day do we do this where we say, should I show up as me or should I show up as this slightly different version of me to make it easier and more palatable to be around me right now? So interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I do that a lot. We all it. do yeah, it. In my personal life more yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, you know, and it comes across all the time. It's like, you know, I really want to say this, but should I say it that way? Maybe I should say it this way. And so we tone ourselves down or we um, sort of, you know, build ourselves up in certain ways. And we, we end up creating these versions of ourselves that we think are better, more palatable versions or more, more pleasing versions. Mm -hmm. And every time we do that, it, we're not actually one displaying who we truly are, but when we do it enough, we forget who we are and it becomes a lot harder to get back to, to what is actually true for us. So at the pizza parlor, did you eat the pizza? What yes. did you do? You yes, did? I eat the pizza. I mean, I can't even, my entire life has been based on who should I be for this person? I'm, I am what I consider a chameleon. Okay. That made me really fabulous at my job because it means that I can sort of intuitively read what people need. Yeah. Um, but because I don't know, it's not a conscious thing, I become who I need to become. And so I have to pay a lot of attention to what am I doing out of reaction and what am I doing intentionally? And okay. so with this guy, I did eat the pizza. Um, I did. Did you get sick? No, um, I didn't feel good the next day though. And you it's know, a shame. Yeah. So like, not only did I make myself physically feel bad, I also then emotionally felt ashamed of myself. Like, why can't I, I just show up as who I am or whatever? I, know. I mean, like I have hearing loss a little bit and like, I usually don't 
bring that up in the conversation in with a, a date until like maybe date two or three. Eventually I feel like I need to say something because I'm like, pardon me. <laughs> Excuse me. Say that again. I'm sorry. Like what? And then I'll answer just like, I didn't ask you that. Um, but, but I'm like, I am a little like, I guess I'm ashamed and so I'm not guess I am. I'm ashamed. I gotta be honest. Like I am like, cause I'm well now 46, but I've been dealing with this since I was 37 and uh, whatever. I guess I feel like they're going to think I'm this handicapped person and like, you know, whatever. I mean, that's my thing. It could be a million times worse. Trust me. It's not a pity party by any stretch, but I understand where you're going with yeah. that. So, so how did you then, Let's get into some of the repeats that you were mm-hmm. making. Cause I know you had said like, you know, you've been like decades and you were sort of oh. dating the same person, even though they weren't obviously the same people, but it was the same, yeah. the same, the same. It was because you were, you know, sort of being this chameleon and changing who you were to appease guy one, guy two, guy three, or was it that you weren't being authentic for yourself and like really being like, I want this, I want this, I want that. Um, yes to all I'm just curious. Of yeah. Okay. I mean, this, I didn't realize that this stuff was happening until the last couple of years because I was just going through the motions and sort of, I call it falling forward. Like we just react to the situations in front of us. And so it wasn't until I started getting a lot more aware of my patterns that I could see that they actually were patterns. Like when I was going through it, it was really easy to say, this is totally different than it's ever been before. Right. Um, it's not until, you know, as I say, hindsight is 2020, but was it because so, you were being coming off strong? Um, so I think there's America? a couple. Of, I think there's okay. a couple of things. So um, uh, the, I'll just sort of working backwards. So the way that I discovered this is that um, I, after I got divorced, I went through a series of dating these guys that they all happened to be in different places. Like I made a joke of it, like, oh, I just I can't find a guy in my hometown because I would date guys in different cities, different states, and different countries. Like, how are you meeting them? Like online? Yeah, that I, obviously, date is you know questionable. Um, you, <laughs> I, so I was traveling uh, for work a lot because I was in a global. Oh, okay, okay, that makes so, sense. Yeah, yeah, so I would meet people and I would. Um, we would get along, we would be attracted to each other. And so we would talk and text and visit, you know, once in a while or whatever. Um, and then I met a guy who was in my hometown who lived nearby and totally fell head over heels for him. And he was everything I thought I wanted. And all what was he? That's the list. Oh, he was, (laughs) well, I mean, he was everything I said I wanted because he was different than my, what I thought was my pattern. Um, Okay. We're very, very good at deluding ourselves. Like I'm so good at telling myself stories and believing them. Like I'm really, really talented at this. Um, as mm-hmm. I think we probably, you know, most of us actually are, but anyway, so my list, what I was excited about was that he was super into me. Um, he came on really strong. Like he just really was very interested in who I was and wanted That's to know. Awesome. Yeah. I would like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, right. Mm-hmm. And he was hot and he was playful and he was just, he was kind of like, I describe him as like a Labrador puppy. He was really in the moment and my um, ex-husband was super into his body and super into his work. And this guy was just super into me in the moment. And so to feel appreciated and like Mm -hmm. I was the queen, Mm -hmm. was really amazing. And did you have chemistry with him? Oh my God. Let's start there. Yes. (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's half the problem. I think sometimes with these guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's great, but it's also the kiss of death sometimes, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. I have actually heard that they say that if you feel the butterflies with a guy run away. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like she's like, they're going to come out and attack you. Yes. Seriously. Yeah, Cause they like, they, yes, they completely, yeah, they funny. override all of our actual sense, but yeah, you get blindsided. Yeah. yeah. So the yeah. first time I met this guy, um, well, well, the first time I saw him, I was like, Oh my God, I have to meet him. And then it took me weeks to actually meet him. Like I really had a whole plan. Like I really, yes. how'd you meet him? Um, was it like in a coffee shop or something? I saw him in the yard and in a yard like a house yes, like he was at yes. his, on his property it was he was somebody You're like well, a soccer no, i'm just no, kidding <laughs> okay so I'll i'm only so, kidding no i think it's funny no you have your guts that's great i mentally stalked him like the number of times that i thought like how can i meet this guy like i don't even know his name i just know that i've seen you decided he's good looking i he was so good looking and so that's again, awesome death. so um he was in a uh, i pulled up to a friend's house and i saw him in a yard and i was trying to figure out how to meet him so my friend and I ultimately went over to the neighbor's yard to try to figure out how to meet him. She um, just crashed her car into his mailbox. Yeah, but it wasn't his <laughs> house. So that's the problem. Oh, he was like a oh. landscaper? Yes. Oh, oh, oh it's like, like a Desperate Housewives episode. So I like I it even more him. now. Okay. <laughs> so I called him Lawn Boy because he was standing oh, in a lawn. That's cool. And like all these guys. He was guys probably really like, good looking and muscular and tan. Yes. Oh, yes, I love it. All of okay. It. So, yeah. um, anyway, but like when I, when my friend and I actually tried to go figure out who he was, we went up to her neighbor's house to try to ask who this guy was. We mm-hmm. chickened out completely. We couldn't be like, so who is that hot guy standing in your yard the other <laughs> week? So, um, I ended up making up a story and giving her my number because I asked for, um, a family, like a, a referral for a kid's party thing. Anyway, long story short, the guy shows up at my house um and it's him he's the one who i had when i asked for the referral from the neighbor um it was his business who had oh yeah. okay so okay. i mean i you know like in my mind i'm like this is fate the universe so hottie lawn man comes to your house so hottie lawn man comes to my lawn boy comes to my house and i literally about fall over like i have no poker face my face turns bright red as soon as I, oh, I'm the same way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't and, lie. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sitting there yeah. going, like, my face is bright red. I'm staring at the hot guy. And I'm like, how is this happening? Um, so he, as I, we, after, you know, I show him around, make up some story about the thing I need done or whatever, um, he touches my arm and it's like chemistry straight through my Oh, that's so body. awesome. Yes, okay. and you know where this is going. <laughs> so. Yes, he comes right inside. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm it's, kidding, it's I'm took, kidding. It, it this couple, show, get, the ratings yes. will go real high. <laughs> <laughs> it, took a couple of, it took a couple of episodes to get quite there, but yes. Yeah. Um, I get it. But I it did, it. but like, seriously, probably the one, one of the top dates I ever had was with this guy because, um, I love the full moon and I love going out in the country and he texted me one night and we ended up driving out in the country and the, watching the full moon and holding oh, hands. That's so romantic. And, okay. So when you have not been in a good relationship in a very long time, the simple pleasure of holding hands. Yes. I, like, me. I, I, same. Totally. totally. Yeah. And so like yeah. my 16 year old self. You're super vulnerable to yes. anything. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so like my 37 year old self, um, was reminded of my 16 year old self who fantasized about being able to go on dates with a boy and drive through the country and look at the moon because this is what I love doing when I was or mm-hmm. loved fantasizing about when I was in high school and so I actually got to do it with this guy so like basically a perfect storm everything came together I'm super vulnerable fall in love with this guy turns out that he's not quite divorced yet <laughs> oh my god what do you mean quite not quite like we see like me. still basically was he married 
he was in the, well, I, I never, I'm not entirely sure. So he started out super, super strong and like, you know, coming on really strong and everything was great. And then he would just disappear. And oh my God. So, you know, I'm going through all of the, like, what am I That's doing wrong? Yeah, yeah. What am I doing wrong? What, how can I turn up differently? Like how can I- Because he has another life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, he had told me he was divorced. It turns out that wasn't quite true yet. And- Was um, he cohabitating with this woman? Yes, I believe he was. Oh my God. Yeah. That's a and shame. So, so how totally. long were you guys dating before you came to, you came to realize all well, that? Like, and find so out about it, it, I should say. It, it took a while to like actually come to um, understand that that's really what it was. But by then. Because he's probably lying to you, right? Yeah. But you know, by then it's so easy on the outside to be like, well, of course you just walk away. But when I went, like, I had all of these stories in my brain that told me like, no, I can, if I can just be there to help him through this, then he'll be able, I did this already. I've been through this divorce. I can help him with this. And again, it plays on all my helper stuff, it, it, like all of the things. Mm -hmm. And so I stayed and I kept staying and I kept putting up with him going away and coming back because when he was with me, we you were amazing. I felt so yeah. loved. And it's like, yeah. he would touch me and he would, he would touch my heart. And oh, Erica, yeah, this you're singing my song, my <laughs> sweetie. <laughs> oh my god, I, I'm not gonna get into it, but that's literally like what happened with me right after my divorce, too. Oh, like different circumstances, yeah. but same scenario. Oh my god, so yeah. and you know, and I could look at the outside and be like, What in the hell is wrong with me? I am a strong, independent woman. I walked away from my marriage for God's yep, sake. First. What the hell is wrong? Why am I so weak? And like, beat myself up. But, yeah. Why, why, why am I not good enough? Why yes. is it me? Like, why, yes. why, yes. why, why is the, like yeah. the other one going on a trip? Why am I like sitting yes. here? Like, why am I alone on my birthday? Bit, yeah. Yeah. Well, he choose me. Um, like what, what uh, slightly different? so this is all of that stuff. This is me being a chameleon and believing that if I change myself, then he will choose me. And so, and you know, or if I'm just patient and I just, you know, am I, I'm the helper and I like hold back and like all, all of it. How many years did this go on? Um, I think it like in total, it went on for well over a year. I mean, oh, like, shame. back and forth, I call it like a push and pull or hide and seek, um, because that's mm -hmm. what it felt like. And we would, you know, I would get strong and I would push him out of my life and then we would just come back together. And it's like, mm -hmm. we were both sides of the magnets um mm -hmm. where you know we we couldn't stay away from each other but we couldn't stay together either and well you could if he left his ex-wife yes, exactly <laughs> if he actually got a but yeah i hear you okay um, all right so, so when did you get the courage to finally cut the cut the cord well so one day after like a particularly sad round of this hide and seek you know thing that we were playing um i went and i i pulled out journals uh from i've been journaling since i was like 11 years old and so i pulled out probably 20 years of journals and in my journal about this guy, um, Hunter is what I call him. Okay. His name. Cool name. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, and um, his name is equally hot. Um, and anyway, I, I said in my journal, like, there's something different about him. I just, I really think that he's- Lawn man? Yes, lawn yeah. boy. Okay, Hunter. Um, okay. Yes, yes. So I started looking back in my journals. I'm like, you know, teary and like super sad and mad and all the things. And I found my journals from my first serious boyfriend when I was in like my, fir my first sophomore year in college. And I discovered that I had said the same sentence about him. And then I found the same sentence again and again and again. There's something special about him. I feel like I can be myself with him hmm. over and over and over again. And in that moment, I realized, 
oh my God, I've been dating the same guy for 20 years. Different face, different name, same exact pattern. They always they were emotionally not available to you, but they were emotionally available for other people, but not you. Exactly. What was the issue? Like, what do you think it was? Work harder, be more, and then you'll be enough. And that was- So what should you have done? Just walked away? Yeah, but to to walk away, um, you know, in my, you know, deluded story was- to walk away from the best I might ever have. Like, what if it never yeah. gets better? Yeah. And, and yeah. the reason I, I mentioned the gold stars from earlier is that it's the same thing. We're doing it at work. We're doing it at home. We're doing it in our love lives. We're doing it in our, um, with our friendships where the pattern looks different. So we think it's different, but ultimately at the core of it, I didn't believe I was enough. I needed to do more, be more and achieve more in order to be enough. If I can just be the right person for him, then he'll magically choose me. If I can just do more at work, then I'll get ahead. If I can just achieve enough stuff then I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, so it, it was in that moment that I really realized like, oh my God, at the core, I don't believe I'm enough. And so it took a lot of work to really come to terms with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did ultimately a long time later walk away from him. And it was one of the hardest things I ever did because- What did you had to do that? What did you do? Well, you already got the, you kind of peeled back your onion and you had your yeah, core exposed. Yeah. And so this actually, I walked away, I stopped drinking. I stopped um, all communication with him. And I also put myself in temporary retirement with my business because I was spinning out across the board. Like, and it felt like what I was doing was everything was some way to make me feel better immediately. So anytime I would interact with Hunter, I would actually feel better in that moment because he, you know, I'd feel loved, but Mm -hmm. as soon as he'd walk away, it would hurt even worse. Mm -hmm. And so then I would turn to drinking because that made me feel less of anything. And, you know, it wasn't like I was drinking so much that I was an alcoholic, but you're just drinking and numb yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and all of it was just creating a total shit show in my life basically. And all of it was distraction. All of it was to distract myself from actually feeling the pain of let, letting go. Mm -hmm. And so I let go of everything all at the exact same time. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done because it really felt like my entire life I had been haunted by this feeling of this pit, like a void in my stomach. Um, and a lot of people I've discovered actually feel this. I didn't think anybody else felt this, but a lot of people feel this emptiness in their stomach. Mm-hmm. And it felt like I was basically at that point, willingly allowing myself just to surrender and fall straight into the void. Mm-hmm. And um, when I did that, I discovered that it wasn't empty. It was full of me. And in that step of allowing myself to really let go and fall in, that's when I actually started embracing my unconditional love for myself. And what I and you, realized was- You fell in love with yourself. Yeah, exactly. You found your fell, ring, the yeah, race for the ring. Exactly. That's awesome. I fell okay. into myself and I realized every, all my life, I had been conditionally loving myself. My love was conditional on how much, on what a man thought of me or how well I was doing at work or what I looked like or what size I was or how I was performing or any other moving target that somebody else could come up with or that mm-hmm. I could come up with for myself. Mm-hmm. To like validate, I guess. In yeah, your mind exactly. You're Tell worthy. me I was enough. Yeah. 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 So in terms of your relationship situation now, have you been in some healthy relationships? Are you in one now? Not in one now. He keeps, I, this is interesting. He keeps coming back. Um, Hunter? Yes. Like he does? And over. He comes, is he like, still married? He, I don't know. I've never even like actually asked him. I assume so. <laughs> he's 
still like wow but what would he do like text you and stuff like that yes yeah he just he'll just like God. text and just like as if nothing's ever happened he'll just be like you up or he'll say oh my god yeah. i don't know if he's expecting a booty call i don't I have no idea um so yeah he he still will not go away and um you don't respond Sometimes I'll respond because now I can see it. So like I can hold you him. Know he, you know, you view him for what he truly is. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. instead of seeing him through these really rosy colored glasses for what he could be, I see him exactly like you said for who he actually is. Mm-hmm. And um, so I have had a couple or one in particular, one really, really great relationship. But quite honestly, right now, like I don't have time for, for a relationship. No, that's okay. I mean, I'm sort of in the same boat yeah. a little bit myself. I was just curious. Yeah. But you have been on a healthier path with men. And, and, that, and in that healthy relationship, um, yeah. were you, did you feel like you were, the guy was obviously emotionally invested in yes. you? Like, can you yeah. share just a few things about that? Just sure. So okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so after I finally walked away from Lomboy, um, it actually <laughs> created space because I think the hardest part is to be, is letting go of something creates space. It creates that sort of that void. Um, mm-hmm. and we have to experience destruction in order for there to be growth. Yes. And that is yes. so You need hard. to live in the, sit in the pain. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so what, when I was able to sit in the pain and sort of allow it all to fall away, Um, what came in its place was this amazing relationship with this guy ended up being short-lived. Ironically, there were some of the same patterns. He lived in a different place, but he was totally emotionally available for me. Um, and it ended up being a short relationship because we are just like not the right timing for each other. Mm -hmm. And what I realized, because he actually broke up with me, um, he did. Yeah. It, it, which was, what did he say? Um, that he wasn't like that. He wasn't available emotion or he wasn't I shouldn't say available emotionally he wanted somebody who was going to be physically available for him and I say because you're not in the air yeah Yeah, that's hard Mm -hmm. um and I never chased him I never changed myself for him I never tried to go like hang around to be the person that he wanted me to be or Mm -hmm. any of the Mm -hmm. things that I have done in every other previous relationship where I changed myself to be whoever they needed Mm -hmm. um and what it showed me is I can have it all. I really, I don't have to stand for emotional breadcrumbs. I can Mm -hmm. expect for, and I deserve having everything that I want. Mm -hmm. I may have to wait a little bit and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can be there for myself Mm -hmm. and I can love myself through a breakup and I can hold myself um, while I cry and allow others to hold me too. Mm -hmm. And that is okay because it's not about the outcome. It's about being able to feel it all and know that I am okay no matter what. That's great. So then you're going to eventually be a better partner to, to exactly. a guy or whoever, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, because you have that relationship with yourself first and foremost. That's yeah. awesome. That's the and, whole point of the show. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you know what? And even if I never end up in another really great relationship, I have a better relationship with myself now than I've ever had in my life. And you probably have better relationships with your children because of yes. that too. And, and at the everybody. end of the day, yeah, yeah, girlfriends, like whatever, yeah. or family, totally. And guys too, because I'm no longer like trying to be something for them, you know, because I like, I think that they're, that their opinion matters for some reason more than mine does. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Well, I'm glad to hear it. So we are sadly out of time, but, um, so tell us a little bit, you work with folks like now in this space, like, I mean, you guys personal development as well as per- professional, like, yes. 
Okay. Yeah. Yes. So if people want to find you, can you share a little bit of information about how they can? Absolutely. So okay. um, if your audience would like to go deeper with me, the best way to do that is on my website, which is ericagertis.com. And I've got ways to contact me there. You can sign up for my free weekly newsletter. And I also have a great download that can help you um, find some immediate happiness if you're feeling a little bit in a slump, like probably. That's good. A lot of people right are because of yeah. COVID. It's like I the know. COVID. And everything. 2020. Just I know. Like kind a of cave of COVID. <laughs> Black yes. hole of COVID. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then I'm also on social media, so um, you can definitely follow along there as well. Okay, awesome. Well, we'll have a web, a web link in the show notes so everybody can look out for you there. Um, and um, last slip but not least, so as we unpack our suitcase, what <laughs> all of us have our luggage pulled out from yes. under, the, under the beds and all yes. of that. What would you say, like, I guess the biggest piece to pull out first might be? Do you start small? Do you start large? Does it matter? I, well... Anywhere you start is a great place to start because okay. the hardest thing is actually starting. So um, most of us are too afraid. Like we sort of know that there are these monsters in our closets and we're too afraid to even look at the closet door, much less open it. So mm -hmm. anything that you can do to start looking at your stuff is really good because the more you bring awareness to your patterns, the more you will start to see additional patterns. It creates momentum. Um, and it also helps validate the importance of like, why do this? Because it's not an easy journey, but it's a very rewarding journey. That's awesome. Okay. Well, yeah, we only have one life to live. So you might as well exactly. make it the most fulfilling, right? Exactly. Like you said, when you're in the hospital, yes. well, I wish your daughter the best, both Thank of them, you. but like, I wish your, your daughter the very, very best and keep checking along. I'm proud of you, girl. Good Thank job. Thank you so much. I right. appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for being Thanks here. Great. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Race for the Ring. If you liked today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast just like a dull dude can be the kiss of death to a date. I'll catch you next week. And in the meantime, be sure to say hi and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. My handles and contacts are in the show notes. It's been my pleasure to have you along for today's dating debate. Bye-bye. This episode of The Race for the Ring was brought to you by Furco's Fine Jewelry. The family-owned, multi-generational family jeweler is known for their handcrafted custom designs. Not only do they create stunning rings, they have an incredible array of personalized gemstones, personalized pieces, and of course, diamonds. Follow them on Instagram at Furco's Fine Jewelry or head over to their website at furcosfinejewelry.com. And if you use code MINDY15 when checking out, you'll get 15% off your first purchase. Happy shopping! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Confidence starts with loving who you are. 
And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.